Now today, we're going to talk about heaven. We talked in the last few weeks, in the last two weeks, the two judgments. The judgment for those that are non-believers and the judgment for those that are believers. If you didn't hear those messages, I encourage you to go to the bookstore and ask them to get you a copy if they do not have them available for you today. But now there's two destinies, two judgments and two destinies. The destiny for the non-believer that at the great white throne judgment cannot give a reason why they rejected the only name given whereby we can be saved, the name of Jesus, will be telling the Father why his son, death on the cross, was not adequate for them. They chose not to accept it, and the great white throne judgment will condemn them to an eternity without God. But for those that are believers, there will be that time of rewards at the judgment seat of Christ where we will be rewarded from the way that we have spent our time, our talents, our substances, our resources, our finances, our energies, our intelligence, our gifts, whatever. And that is the place where God prepared for his children to live. And the scripture is so clear as to what we're going to talk about today, we don't have to speculate. We don't have to wonder if we believe the Bible to be the Word of God. As I say to you often, and for those of you that are here for the first time, the Bible was written over a period of 3,000 years. It was written by 40 authors that wrote the 66 books. These authors lived on three different continents and spoke three different languages and wrote in three different languages what we call the Holy Bible, the 66 books. All through those 66 books in 3,000 years in three languages and three continents, there is a very clear line of agreement as to what we have been preaching and what we will preach today. There is a land that is fairer than day. There is a place that God has prepared for those that love him. There is a world that none of us have ever experienced. And the scripture writers, through the writing of the Holy Spirit, laid out the thoughts that we will share with you today. I want to begin by reading, and scriptures will go on the screens here in the auditorium, but I want to read a little bit further than, the, I want to start a little earlier on John chapter 14. You'll see verse 3, but let me begin with verse 1. Jesus is speaking. Let not your heart be troubled. Now this is to believers in God. Here's what he says. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, then believe also in me, the Lord Jesus. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, 
there you may be also. Now let me read to you from Revelations chapter 21, next to the last chapter in Revelation, and Revelation was put at the end of the Scriptures. In the 10th verse, John, on that Isle of Patmos, who wrote about the great white throne judgment, wrote about heaven, hell, and so forth. Here's what he says in Revelations 21, verses 1 and 2. And I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there were no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. In the 10th verse of Revelation 21, And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now Paul picks up with another scripture I choose to use today, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. A few moments ago, we had an opportunity through the uh, things that are available today in the field of technology to just get a glimpse of the world that God has made here. This is not a perfect world, but it's an awesome place. It is a beautiful place how people can sit and watch what God has created and add to it to so many things you could add to it and say, quite interesting, isn't it? What a coincidence that the feathers are in the right place and the fish are in the right sea and on and on and on and on. I has not seen. Many of you have traveled the world. Many of you have been on every continent. You have seen every kind of terrain that God has created. You've seen maybe the northern lights. Maybe you have seen the volcanoes erupt or old faithful spew out of the ground. Maybe you have seen the mighty Mississippi or the Nile or the Zambezi or one of the mighty rivers. Maybe you've stood at the point in South Africa and see the Atlantic Ocean and the Indian Ocean come together and see the whales. But you've not seen anything yet. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. The voices of the birds. The sound of the animals. The cry of a baby. You still haven't seen it. Yet those things make us click our cameras, write in our diaries, engrave in our memories. What an awesome world that man has messed up. Because man chose to not follow God. Man chose to turn against man and do what they wanted to do. From Scripture, there are many things we can know about heaven. 
Now, there's some you have to speculate. But there's some things you don't have to even wonder. And I want to talk about that. If I were going to put it in just general language, uh, I would put it like this. Heaven is a resting place to those who have become children of God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ at the invitation of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And heaven is the place where all of those will come, human beings will come, and there we will be with the Lord forever and forever and forever. The judgments behind, the rewards given, the place is prepared. Jesus has come back, and we have gone to be with the Lord. Now, let me very quickly go through some of these things. You may want to jot them down. First of all, I've already alluded to it, but let me say it specifically. Heaven is a prepared place. It is not a state of mind. It is not something that man dreams up, and what's heaven to one is not heaven to the other. And that's what religions do. They talk about their harems. They talk about their virgins. They talk about their gold or whatever in the way that makes it appealing unto man. But heaven is a prepared place, not a state of mind. John 14, 2, as we read a moment ago, Jesus said, I go to prepare a P-L-A-C-E place for you. Genesis 1, 1. God created the heavens and the earth. From day one, God had a plan. We would begin on the earth. We have an opportunity to spend eternity in heaven. Man, Adam, and his wife Eve had an opportunity to live in a perfect world here but they chose to sin. One commandment, and they couldn't handle it. This world is a real place. Heaven is a real place, according to the Scriptures. The Bible says, a city whose builder is God. Now, why do we think heaven is up there? What's our biblical clue? The biblical clue is when the scripture says the Lord himself shall what? Descend. Now I learned enough in school to know that means down. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven, that perfect place, and come to this earth, this sinful place, to pay for the sins of those who inherited from Adam and Eve the nature to sin. God looks on us right now from heaven. He looks down upon us like watching a parade. If you've ever been at a parade, the best place to watch it is not from the curb. The best place to watch it is from as high as you can get because then you know why things have stopped right here in front of you because you know there's a traffic jam about three blocks down the road. And when things start moving, you see why. That's the reason we have a New Testament and an Old Testament. The, New Testament. the Old Testament has set us up for the New Testament. We know the prophecies. 
We know all those things that would be fulfilled and those prophecies, without exception, became true. Well, as God looks down from heaven, we can pick it up from Mark 16 and 19. The, this, the disciple of Mark wrote, Then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat on the right hand of God. You remember that story? He went up. Why? Because he was going to heaven. Why is it heaven? Main reason is because that's where God is. God has created it for himself, for his angels, and for his children, his heirs that he has adopted into his family. Now, the psalmist David, who, as you know, many things he did. He was a shepherd. He spent a lot of time outdoors. He wrote the 23rd Psalm. That's a favorite to many. But in the 33rd Psalm, verse 13, the psalmist wrote, The Lord looks from heaven, and he sees all of the sons of men. God is in heaven. God is waiting for that moment that we talked about a few weeks ago when he will look at the events taking place in the world likened until to what we talked about and prayed about a few moments ago. All prophesied, I want to remind you, everything that's going on today has been prophesied in the Scripture will take place before the Lord comes again. Don't ever forget that. But the psalmist said in the 102nd Psalm, verse 19, For he has looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth. Look at the 113th Psalm, verse 5. Who is like the Lord our God, who dwells on high? The prophet Isaiah, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, 63rd chapter, verse 15. Look down from heaven and behold from the habitation of your holiness and of your glory. All right. Heaven is a place. Heaven is up. Now let me get you something else. Heaven is a place of rest. Many of us want to retire early and rest. The problem is there is no rest in this world. The freeways are just as dangerous to the retired as they are to those that just got their driver's license last week. <laughs> this world has to deal with the S-I-N problem. And the Hebrew writer, 4th chapter, verse 9 says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. In other words, there is a rest. It's not here but there is one that's coming. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. He let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest lest any man should fall after the same example of unbelief. The Lord was crucified, buried, rose, went through all of those days but now he's by, with the Father at rest. 
waiting for the big event of his return to this earth. Second thing, or another thing I want to add to it is, it is a place, a prepared place, not only of rest, but of safety. If you're in the lock business, you might want to understand you won't have a place to work when you get to heaven. If you're a doctor, you'll have nothing to do and I might as well join the group since I'm a preacher. There will be no preaching in heaven. Preachers, yes. <laughs> Doctors, yes. Lawyers, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't be needed. Now what Bill and Dave and the choir and orchestra do, sharpen up. Because we're going to all sing like the angels. We're going to all be able to feel in person what we saw visually a while ago because it is a prepared place of safety. Listen to Matthew 6, 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt nor where thieves do break through and steal. No police officers. All of this has passed away. It is a place of complete safety where God is watching over every single thing that goes on. And all power is given to him in heaven and earth. Nothing is, is beyond his notice. He sees every single bit of it. For you young people, no hackers. For those that are worried about somebody stealing your bank account, not happen there. For some of you, be like my friend Angel Martinez years ago that lived in San Antonio, Texas. He put a sign out, his mother and daddy, he said, put a sign in the yard. Attention all thieves in San Antonio, break in this house, find anything of value, we split it 50-50. <laughs> well, most of us can't put that sign up. But here's what I want you to know. Many can't sleep at night because you're afraid somebody's going to break in the house, somebody's going to steal. I mean, it's, you're paranoid about it. You're going to love heaven. You're going to have to find something else to worry about, and the Lord's not going to let you find anything. I mean, some people have real trouble existing if they don't have something to worry about today. You've got to think of something. Goodness gracious, you don't want to go to bed tonight and not have something to worry about. And you'll lay there for two hours wondering if you locked the front door or not. That's more fun than getting up in 30 seconds and locking the front door. But see, heaven is going to be different. There's going to be a peace there that passes all understanding. There is going to be such safety there to where the Lord is protecting all of his own. Revelation 22 and 5 says, There shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither the light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and forever. Would you like to live where there's no light bills? No water bills? No garbage bills? Wouldn't you like to live in a place where there are no taxes of any kind? Would you like to be in a place where you knew that you were the heir of the one that created it and owns it all? That's what heaven is like. But 
Let me quickly move on and tell you this is very important. Heaven is a place that sorrow cannot enter. It cannot enter. Revelations 21 and 4. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Think about that. As you grieve today, because grief is a price you pay for having loved, but in heaven there will be no more grieving, there will be no more sorrow. There will be more, no more death. There will be no more sickness. When you go to prayer meetings today, 90% of the prayer requests will be about someone's had a death or somebody's sick. That'll be no more. When we have a prayer meeting in heaven, it'll be a praise meeting. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for looking beyond my faults and seeing my needs. Thank you, Lord, for giving me an opportunity. When I couldn't afford a lot of things on the earth that other people were enjoying, and I didn't come from the family like they came from, and I didn't have those things, but thanks to Calvary, I'm a child of the King. I'm an heir of God, and I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. No rebellion of children. Yes, no marriage. One person said, that's the reason they call it heaven. <laughs> now, that was rude, wasn't it? <laughs> and for the rest of you, no divorce. No divorce. Why? Those things are gone. Those things are gone. We don't have all of those things any longer that break our heart. We're we're financially bankrupt. Our health is gone. Our marriage is gone. Our children are in rebellion. Our country is disarrayed. Those things are gone, 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 gone. Job 3.17 says, There the weary will be at rest. Psalm 16.11, You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. People who do not know God's salvation here crave for pleasure. They crave for wealth. They crave for recognition and attention. They crave for those things that, that are so out of, out of reach to so many. I wish I could look different, be different, do different, whatever. But the psalmist says heaven is pleasure forevermore. You know what happens to us here? We want those things, but we look for them in the wrong places. I heard something yesterday just hit me like this. hadn't thought it out that long, but I, it's come back to me as I'm talking to you right now. I saw a beer commercial, and it says, drink responsibly. <laughs> you know what my thought is? Only the first beer do you drink responsibly. After that, you don't have a clue as it begins to go down, 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 down. But when we get to heaven, we won't be looking for it in a bottle. We won't look for it in a shot. 
We won't be looking at it to bring it into our lungs. We won't look at about, about an immoral relationship. That stuff is gone. That'll be no more. We will find joy and pleasure forevermore. Something money can't buy and death cannot take away from us. We'll be able to move about with the Father and the Son, and we won't have to look for love in all the wrong places like the songwriter wrote. We've come to the right place, and we found love. The first Bible verse I ever learned was might have been the first one you ever learned. It's three words. God is loved, and we found him. We found him. Oh, how people yearn to be loved. And they don't know the difference between love and lust. But they want to be loved. We're, we're born to be loved. And God is a perfect lover. And he says, no good thing will I withhold from those that love me. And heaven, another thing about it, it's going to be a place where all are going to be made perfect. Can you imagine such a place? Hebrews 12, 23 says, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Perfect. No more sin. And then it's going to be a place where all knowledge will be made known. This is one for us to think about for just a moment before we close. You know what? On earth, we know bad things about others. That we know. And others know bad things about us. Think about it. People that know me know that things in my life that aren't what you'd say good. And the same thing is true of you. There are none righteous, no, not one. There's only one good, and that's God. One day, it's all going to come out. What was our motives? What did we do and why did we do it? All of those temptations will be thrown out. But in heaven, all knowledge will be made known. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see, see through a glass darkly, but one day face to face, and I shall be known even, and I shall know even as I am known. I will know things I don't know now, good things. Wonderful things. And you will have the same thing happen to you in heaven. And then heaven is an inheritance, and we must understand that. It's not something that we earn. It is an inheritance. It is given to us as a gift from the perfect Father. And it is a gift that is non-taxable, and it's from God to his children who have been saved by grace through faith. That's what it's for. We're going to be there and be able to enjoy it. We won't have to look and see if MasterCard came in or American Express bill and talk about that. It's been paid for. It is free forever and forever and forever. 1 Peter 1, 4 says, An inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away reserved in heaven for us.
for you and for me. Think about this. Never being bored again. Have you realized how quick we all get bored? We go to a football game, pay a jillion dollars to sit there and walk out in the third quarter. What's the deal? People walk out of church. Same reason, just absolutely bored. I mean, you give somebody a gift at Christmas and by January the 34th, that's boring. We save up for 15 years to take a vacation, come back and say, I was bored half the time. I mean, we all suffer from that. We're just bored, 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 bored. Just look at each other. Look at our young people. Look at our kids. They're just so bored. Let me tell you something. When we get to heaven, we're not going to be bored. We're going to say, bring it on. What's next? What's next? What's next? That's why we can't sleep up there. No more night. You know? Some of us take three pills and crawl to sleep, try to forget that day and hope the next one will be better. But not heaven. Every day with Jesus is what? Sweeter than the day before. That's what heaven is like. It's going to get better and better and better and better. And nothing wears out, not even us. No more garage sales. <laughs> no pollution, moral or physical. That's in the past. It is a perfect place prepared by perfect God. And my last one is, and this is the reason heaven is heaven. Heaven is a place where we see Jesus face to face. He's there now. When I get to heaven, I don't want St. Peter to meet me. I've got some reservations about him, you know. <laughs> but I want to see Jesus. That's one of my favorite songs, and a lot of you know that. When the old pastor are here, I always make them sing that because uh, I just want to see Jesus. I'm looking forward to seeing my loved ones. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of members of this church that have gone on to be with the Lord, my family, on and on and on I could go. But you know what? I want to see Jesus. And you know what Jesus said? I'll meet you at the gate. And when the Father says, why should I let you into heaven, John Morgan? Jesus is going to say, John, would you just, your preaching is through, would you just stand aside? Father, he belongs to me. Because when he was seven years old, he invited me into his heart. And I've never left. And I'm not going to leave. And I'm sure not going to leave right now. Enter now into the joys of the Lord. Matthew 10, 32 says, Whoever therefore shall confess me before men, Jesus says, I will confess also before my Father which is in heaven. John 14 and 3, Where I am, there you may be also. And Isaiah 33, 17, Your eyes shall see the King in his beauty. And then 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He's Lord. He's perfect. He's an unconditional lover. He's a forgiver of sin and pays for the sin. And so shall we ever be with the Lord.
Well, there's two questions that everybody asks, most of us that are preachers. Number one, will we know each other there? You bet. You bet. Very clear in the scripture. Yes, we'll know each other there. And number two, will animals be there? <laughs> the Bible says there will be. Probably not your dog. <laughs> but the lion and the lamb will lay down together. Wouldn't you just like to just go over there and just grab a big old lion and just kind of pet him and know he wasn't going to devour you in about 30 seconds? Everything that God has made, I believe, that he wants there will be there. And we have all of those teachings throughout the scripture where we see the lion and the lamb laying down, that kind of thing. But again, folks, don't get so carried away. Because if you as one of those and say, well, if my family's not going to be there, I don't want to go. If my dog's not going to be there, I don't want to go. You hadn't met Jesus yet. When you met Jesus, he said, I'll not withhold any good thing from those that love me. So, where are you headed? Luke 10, 20 says, Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Who was that written to? To the kids of God. Rejoice because your name has been written. Never to be erased. Never to be erased. I've had two people. Both of them have been mentors in my life that told me two quick stories, and I'll make them a matter of seconds. The first one is Dr. R.G. Lee, pastor of the Bellevue Baptist Church when I was a young man, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. Genius IQ. And when he was dying, he called his daughter to come into the room. And she told me this story. And as Dr. Lee was drawing his last breath. This man that mastered the English language was a Shakespeare scholar as well as a biblical scholar and could use words that Krauthammer can't use, you know. <laughs> Here's what he said. Laying on his back, she said, I reached out and grabbed Daddy's hand, and he said, Honey, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I cannot express how beautiful it is. And he died. My thought was if R.G. Lee couldn't say something as to how beautiful it must be, awfully beautiful. And the second one is Dr. Tommy French, pastor of the Jefferson Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He started the church there. My dad led him to the Lord, just like he led me to the Lord. And Tommy French's wife, Passed away a few years ago. They had a miscarriage. I did not know that when they were much younger. And as Mary was dying after a long battle with cancer, Brother Tommy French was with his wife's side. And he said the last words she said was, Tommy, I see our baby. And she died. What about babies that don't make it to the first day, first hour, maybe first minutes? 
they're going to be there. When we get to heaven, we're going to be glad everybody didn't live to social, social security age. There's going to be no social security there. And everybody's not going to be 110. And that's going to be part of heaven. Where the children will be perfect, even like we grandparents think they are now. But they really will be. No sickness, no death, no sorrow, no crying, for the former things are passed away, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Everything to make heaven heaven for you will be there. And the rest of it, you will have forgotten. You will have no memory of those things that you might have right now and the questions you might have.